Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I'm looking at that picture on the screen, which makes me giggle. Because how many of you know in marriage, sometimes the gaze is not always like that? Amen? Matter of fact, sometimes in our house, we do some arguing. Of course, we're marriage counselors, Pentecostal marriage counselors at that. And at our house, instead of arguing, we call it intense fellowship. Anybody ever had some intense fellowship? Happy Mother's Day. To all the women in the house, um, to the mothers, to the stepmothers, uh, to the ones who have actually never birthed a child, but you have poured into other women like myself. Happy Mother's Day to you too. And for that woman this morning who is wanting to be a mother, who is wanting to be a mother, my prayer for you is that God would just give you the desires of your heart. And that maybe even today that he would even plant that seed inside of you. So happy Mother's Day. I was reading and studying the Word of God. I realized that all across the country this morning, a lot of pastors will be preaching from Proverbs 31 about the Proverbs 31 woman. Where it says, strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. And it talks about how she rejoices. She rejoices. And I'll be honest with you, I started to speak to you on that Proverbs 31 woman. And then I flipped over to my Bible in Psalm 31. And I began to read... Verse 9, and I felt like this was describing a season of life that I had been in. And I wondered how many women or how many men could relate to this season. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. The Proverbs 31 woman, it's talking about how she is clothed with strength. But yet here it says, my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of your iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was approached upon my enemies, but especially my neighbors, and feared to mine acquaintance that they did not see without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I'm like a broken vessel. It's not your typical Mother's Day message. But I wonder how many women, how many men have walked in here today and you look good. Y'all look good. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Now, y'all got to do better. Y'all are Pentecostal at this church, right? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you be looking good. 
I want you to look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you be smelling good. I found myself in a Harris Teeter parking lot recently. Most of you know that I work at a crisis pregnancy center. One of my greatest passions, one of my greatest passions is loving on men and women who are involved in human trafficking and sex trafficking. You may not realize this, but our state... The state of North Carolina has the eighth highest numbers for human trafficking and sex trafficking. Many people would think that that just goes on in the third world countries and the larger states, but the eighth highest numbers. I recently dropped off one of my girls just right here within your own church community. But I found myself sitting in a Harris Teeter parking lot. I had been given some information by a detective. We had read some words, some messages. And I was told that the individual wanted to take me out. How many of you know when you are rescuing women or rescuing men out of trafficking, not all pimps will be happy? You're taking away their livelihood, their resources. And so I got that information. I'll be honest with you. I read on those uh, words, and I actually began to fear. I, I felt fear within me. Is it all right if we just get with each other? I felt fear. I felt scared. I'm like, oh, my goodness, if they get a hold of me or if they get a hold of one of my children... And so the first thing I did was pick up my phone and I tried to reach my husband. I was franticking and I wanted to contact my husband and talk with him. I couldn't reach my husband. The next thing I did is I called my son. I couldn't reach my son. I thought, well, I'll get my daughter. I'll just talk with somebody so they can walk me through. I'll call my pastor. But I couldn't get my pastor. And so I found myself in a car with my hands thrown up in the air, and I began to weep. Why, God? Why? I'm serving you in and out of these hotels in eastern North Carolina day after day. I'm in the jail on Thursday teaching parenting classes, teaching them how to get a job, loving on them. We've even started a choir in the jail. We've got our own choir now. Because how many of you know they are still souls? Why, God? Most people, spiritual people will say, don't question God. My daddy, my daddy passed away last year at the end of the year. But when I was growing up, when I was growing up, my daddy, I would get in trouble. I know that y'all don't think I could be mischievous, but they tell me I was mischievous. So when I was about your age, young lady, he would tell me, go cut me a switch. Somebody said, amen, he's about to get saved over there. And we just got started. My daddy would say, go cut me a switch. 
He knew just the right way. He was like a choir director. He knew just the right way to swing that switch. When he swung the switch, what I used to do is go get the tiniest. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you out. If your mama ever says, go get the switch. He would get, I would get the tiniest, teeny, tiny, skinny switch that I could find. But when it broke, you were in trouble. You had to go get another switch. But there was something my daddy would say to me before he used the switch. And to this day, I hear those words and it still gets on my nerves. <laughs> he would get the switch and he'd say, Beverly, I want you to know something. She is speaking up right here in the middle of the conversation. I heard her. Go ahead, gorgeous. This is going to hurt me worse than it's going to hurt you. Yes. <laughs> we got the same daddy, don't we? <laughs> this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. My reply back was something like this. Daddy, I don't want you to hurt. After a while, I had a friend. She was very cute like you. I just keep drawn to you because she was like you. Very sweet, very innocent. But honey, she would tell me stuff and it would get me in trouble. <laughs> She's never told you stuff and it got you in trouble, did she? She said, Beverly, what I want you to do is the next time your daddy takes the switch, I want you to take this Alka-Seltzer tablet and put it right in the corner of your mouth. And y'all listen up, you young people, so you can try this sometime, okay? <laughs> she says, I want you to put the Alka-Seltzer in the corner of your mouth. And when he goes to switch you with the switch, I want you to bite hard on it and mix it with a bunch of your saliva. And so I did, and it went something like this. Pow! I scared him half to death, and I'll be honest with you, I scared myself to death. <laughs> it's a wonder I'm here to testify about it. It was so bad. But I sat in the car at the Harris Teeter parking lot, and I threw my hands and my fist up in the air, and I began to weep. And I said, Daddy, Daddy. This is hurting. This doesn't feel so good. They want to wipe me out. And I'm in pain and this hurts. And I don't know who this message is for this morning. But maybe you are a man or a woman under the sound of my breath on this Mother's Day. And you're walking out something in this season. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe you are one of the moms who sent me the message through Facebook that said, Mrs. Weeks, 
I know you're in and out of the hotels every single week. This is a picture of my son. If you see him, will you tell him that I love him? And you find yourself going through that season. Or maybe you're the mom. I recently pulled up to a hotel within our community and I was approached by a young boy. He was uh, roughly around uh, between 18 and 20 and he said, come quick, save my friend, he's dying. And so I ran to the room. I walked into the hotel room and when I walked into the hotel room, there was a young boy laying there and he was dying. I held him in my arms. I took him and I held his body across my arms and I began to put my fingers through his hair as he began to take his last breath. It was a sound that I will never forget as he began to gurgle and to begin to choke. The first thing that came to my mind was not that I had introduced myself to a powdery substance laying there that I have not, should not have touched. Because young people in here, listen to me. I want you to know that there are drugs out there that even by touching them, you can wipe yourself out. So I want you to be careful where you're going and who's giving you what. The first thing that came to my mind was not the young 16 to 17-year-old girl laying beside him who had also overdosed. And the first thing that came to my mind was not, well, they deserved it. But the first thing that came to my mind was this is somebody's son. This is somebody's daughter. This is somebody's grandson. This is somebody's granddaughter. And so I began to weep and I began to pray. Maybe you are that mother and you have been praying for that lost child in addiction, that lost son in addiction, that lost daughter in addiction. And maybe you find yourself as I was in that Harris Teeter parking lot with my hands just thrown up in the air saying, how much more, God? Are you even listening to me? I don't feel like a Proverbs 31 woman. I feel like that Psalms 31 woman. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It was just dropped in my spirit, this verse. And I don't know who it's for, but as I was studying, as I was preparing for the day, I just stopped by on this Mother's Day to share that same word with some woman of God in here, some man of God in here who's just holding on and you're still trusting God to work in your situation. It's found in Isaiah, and it goes like this. Fear not. What are you saying, God? I've got my hands thrown up. They want to wipe me out. What did you say? Fear not. Be not dismayed. 
for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. I don't know who that word was for on this Mother's Day, but I believe that there's someone and you are walking out that season of life. Fear not. Fear not. If you have your Bibles, I want you to take them and turn with me to Luke, to Luke. And I'm going to share with you a story about some disciples who were fearful for their, for their lives. Luke verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. Luke 8, verse 22 through 25. I'm going to be reading from the King James. Now, it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side. Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. Let me tell you, the disciples were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Everything was looking good. They were launching forth. I don't care how spiritual you are, how anointed you are, how gifted you are. You can sing in the church choir. You can be on the praise team. You can be the worship leader. You can be the pastor's wife. You can even be the pastor. I want you to know attacks will still come. And if you're not ready, if you don't have your guard up, the Bible says in John 10, 10 that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I want you to realize, I want you to understand, to recognize that he wants to wipe you out. He wants to wipe you out. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your marriages. He wants to destroy your homes. With his ultimate goal being, he wants to wipe out your church. He wants to wipe out the church. But they were doing the will of God. But as they sailed, he, he is being Jesus, fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Something kind of like a hurricane going on. A storm of life. These were experienced fishermen that we had on this boat, but they had reached a storm of life. I believe that there are some people in here and you have walked out some storms in your life. For us, it was seven years ago before we even started ministry. We were struggling within our marriage. We both had careers, both had jobs. And how many of you know when kids come along, you, it comes with a new set of priorities? If it makes any sense to any of you in here, we had gotten to where we were merely living together as roommates. I remember that Saturday, my husband standing on the stoop of the porch, and he had his loafers in his hands, and he was weeping. And he said, I want my family back. He said, I found a Christian counselor, and he said, I wonder if you will go see her with me. And I said, yeah, I guess I'll go with you. I guess I'll do it for the sake of my children, or honestly, in my mind, I was thinking I'll just go so I can tell everybody I've went. 
I walked into her office that day. She was very young, very quiet, very still. And she looked at me, and now we serve a ministry together. She says I had an attitude. I know y'all couldn't believe that I would have an attitude. And I looked at her, and I said, let me tell you something. (laughs) You got to do it with the snaps now, because that may. Let me tell you something. I refuse to take him back. Unless he changes this, 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 and this. And I had my whole list of things that he needed to change. She didn't say much, but what she said was filled with very much conviction. She said, what if God is more interested in changing you than he is in changing your spouse? What if God is more interested in changing you than he is in changing your spouse. I'll be honest with y'all, I did not actually receive that with the love of Christ. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I wanted to jump off that brown sofa and pluck every eyebrow out of her head and say, didn't you just hear what I said? (laughs) But it was followed by conviction. Conviction for one reason, because I knew that I had stepped away from my marriage. And I was confiding in someone of the opposite sex of what was going on in my marriage. If you are confiding in someone of the opposite sex of a problem going on in your marriage, it will not work. An emotional affair is just as devastating on a family as a sexual affair. But we had reached our storm in our life. Some of you have reached your storm in your life, whether it be in your marriage, your finances, the situation with the prodigal child, with the daughter. Maybe it's a situation with an addiction, a personal addiction you have. And they had reached their storm of life. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. They didn't even realize who it was, the power he possessed. They did not realize who they had on board with them. Do you realize who you have on board with you as you're fighting in this season of life? I think about your pastor. He is an amazing pastor in our congregation. If you take... Pastor Jeff's name, and you drop it anywhere in Mount Olive or Goldsboro, I will guarantee you this man is so well-known, uh, just, uh, just an amazing personality. Am I doing good? Just an amazing, <laughs> amazing personality, just trying to come back next year, um, <laughs> that you might get a free biscuit somewhere if you drop this man's in Goldsboro. It might even get you a free Krispy Kreme. This man over here who happens, is he not one of the most, I mean, the greatest, most awesomest, beautifulest, is that even a word, (laughs) worship leaders in town? 
I guarantee you, if you drop his name in Goldsboro, you might even get your guitar tuned for free at Redfish. <laughs> now, I hope there's nobody in here from Redfish. They'll be like, oh. Or a free biscuit or a free pizza. The man has a good reputation. You drop my name in Goldsboro, and I'll be honest with you, you may find yourself in a lot of trouble. I said all that to say there is something about dropping the name of Jesus. When I found myself in that car, there was no husband to call. There was no child to call. There was no pastor to call. I found myself like those disciples on, the, on that ship. Calling on the name of Jesus. Three things about that storm. There was the crisis. I have an amazing, fabulous friend in here. She can tell you all about a crisis. She can tell you because she'll be sharing her story this week. She can tell you all about coming home to a son who had taken his own life. She can tell you all about the tornado that came through here and wiped out every single thing that she owned. She can tell you about rejection, what rejection feels like. But praise God, she can also tell you about what it's like to be able to call on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There was the crisis in the storm. But if the disciples did anything, the next thing was they cried. They cried out to God. They cried out to Jesus. Then there was the command when he stood up and he said, Peace be still. And then there was the calm. What do you do as a woman on this Mother's Day or as a man? You're a man, you're a husband, you're, you're that wife, you're that mother. What do you do when everything is falling apart? The first thing you got to do is go to God in prayer. Go to God in prayer. The next thing you have to do is rally your support team. Rally your support team. Did you know that one of Satan's greatest weapons is isolation? One of Satan's greatest weapons is isolation, isolation, making you think you're the only one going through what you're going through. That is a problem within our churches now. We come in and everybody is, we're all polished and we're all finished and we're not sharing our testimonies. The Bible says that we will overcome by the word of our testimonies. What if he is going through the same thing I'm going through and by me sharing, it helps in his restoration process? 
you got to rally your support team. You see, you can be saved. You can be saved and not even be in the church. We all agree on that. But there is something about having fellowship with the body of Christ, with other men, with other women. You got to rally your support team. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Before you take it to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, you need to be taking it to God and you need to rally your almighty church friends. I call them my prayer posse is what I call them. I get on the phone and I say, look, I'm in danger. My life is being threatened. This is going on. I need you to pray for me. There is nothing like the fellowship of others. In 2000, Tom Hanks made a movie called Castaway. He was stranded. He paid this character, which was a FedEx employee. Everybody's shaking their hand. Good movie, won't it? Go home, get the popcorn, get out some of that simple creamery ice cream. Um, you know, that's so good, it'll make you slap your mama on Mother's Day. It's so good. But it's so good, don't slap your mama. Don't nobody... <laughs> And just a good, good little movie. He was stranded on an island. His buddy, who was the co-pilot, he had passed away. And the only thing left was a few packages. One of them was a ball. And he took a stake, and he was staking for the fish because he was fighting for his life. Fighting for his life. So he was trying to find something to eat. I believe there are some women in this room under the sound of my breath that you feel like Tom Hanks with that stake. And you feel like you are fighting for your life. Fighting for your marriage. Fighting for your home. Fighting for your health. Fighting for that prodigal child that you're wanting to get saved. He took that stake and he accidentally um, stabbed himself and got blood on his hand. Took his handprint, stuck it on the ball, and he developed himself a friend. Anybody know what his name was? Wilson. Y'all remember Wilson? He should have got a Grammy, shouldn't he? He didn't say anything. But he was one of the best characters on that movie, Wilson. Because he knew he could not. They looking at you, buddy. Tell them, hey. He knew he could not survive without the fellowship. We, as the body of Christ, we were never constructed. We were never meant to carry our burdens all alone. We were just not constructed that way. That is right. It is not good for man to be alone. We need each other. We've got to stop gossiping about each other, competing against each other, and we've got to start completing one another. Your God loves you so much that He wants you to have more than a volleyball, a soccer ball. I'll get my sports right. 
He loves you so much that He wants you to, to have more than, than just a Wilson. He wants you to have communion with other people as you're walking this out, and He wants you to have communion with the Holy Spirit. You ignore the naysayers. How many of you know that those can be in your own family? People that want to attack you and bring you down. And then you prepare for your battle with prayer and praise. Prayer and praise are two of your most powerful weapons. I stood outside of jail Thursday, myself and the sheriff, Larry Pierce. I see one of our sergeants here today. And I was approached by a woman. It was very evident that there were demonic forces. She spoke to me in multiple voices. The average person would have just walked away from her. But again, the first thing that came to my mind, this is somebody's daughter. She began to weep. She told me her feet were hurting. She had rocks in her feet. I removed the bedroom slippers she was wearing. And I asked her, I said, can I rub your feet? Can I just rub the bottom of your feet? And the sheriff just began to look at me. And she began to talk in multiple voices. And she looked at me and she said, I don't like the breath that is within you. At that moment, not me massaging her. There was nothing I could do for her except whisper one thing. Jesus. Jesus. He's the only one that could help her is Jesus. It's not your typical Mother's Day message. But I just felt in my spirit, even as I was awakened in the middle of the night last night, that today there would be somebody that's grieving inside, full of fear inside, got some anxiety inside, worried about a situation. And if you were to be truthful, you have your hands thrown up in your saying, This hurts. Would you stand with me? And bow your heads and close your eyes while nobody's looking around. Are you that individual that you walked in today and you just find yourself feeling not like the Proverbs 31 woman filled with strength and courage. But you find yourself this morning just with a little frustration, a little anxiety, a little worry about a situation, that a season of life that you find yourself in. And you would just lift your hand on this Mother's Day and you would say, would you pray for me? Whether you're a man or a woman and just say, you know what? 
I have a little fear, a little anxiety. I find myself like the disciples on that ship and the water seems to be coming in and, and it wants to take me over and I just wondered if you would just pray for me. Would you just lift your hand up? Yes, yes, all over the building and just pray for me. Now I wonder why nobody's looking around. Uh, I always want to ask this question. If you come in the building today on this Mother's Day and you say, you know, I used to know Jesus. But I've ran away. I, I'm like one of your people you're talking about. I find myself on the run from Jesus. Maybe you've been hurt by some church hurt. Church hurt can be some of the worst kind of pain. Maybe you're harboring some unforgiveness. But you find yourself running from Jesus and you say, I want this Mother's Day to be a fresh start for me. I'm not one of the, those kind of speakers that will go get people and take them out of their seat. But I wonder if you would just lift your hand so I could just pray for you. And you would say, I want you to pray for me. Yes. Thank you for being honest. Yes, yes. Ma'am, thank you for being honest with me. Sir, thank you for being honest. As I'm praying this prayer, there were probably about six or seven of you that raised your hand and said you don't know Jesus or you've been running from Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me inside your heart as well. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me. I believe that you died on a cross and that you rose again and that you are coming back for me. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. And I ask you to be with me.